Literally, the more you shop, the more we build. Come see us. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. New location, lower prices. The Restore, 44 Fort Road. Mandy Koltiska from Century 21 BHJ Realty brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Sweet Delilah is a nine-year-old pit bull terrier looking for a retirement home filled with love. If you've got the space and the love for her to thrive, come and meet Miss Delilah today. Six-year-old Potato is a handsome, gorgeous orange kitty with a huge personality looking for a lap to take a nap on. If Potato seems like the one for you, come and meet him today. Life can be fast-paced and it can be hard to get things done, but we're here to help make your home loan process easy. Hi, this is Whitney Sweeney, mortgage loan originator at First Northern Bank of Wyoming. While we'd love to see you, we also offer an easy online mortgage application to help apply for a home loan in just minutes. We offer competitive rates and can get you pre-qualified same day. Visit firstnorthern.bank to start your application today or give us a call at 673-HOME. We look forward to helping you. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1124841. Ride for a great cause. Old Man G, Buddies RC, and Sheridan Media are coming together Saturday, September 30th for the 11th Annual Poker Run to benefit the Christmas Wish Campaign, helping people in need during the holidays. Ride or drive for only $10 a poker hand. Sign up, start at the No Name at 10 a.m., then enjoy the ride. Ending back at the No Name for the final draw. Kickstands are up at noon. Ride or drive for a great cause. The Christmas Wish Poker Run, Saturday, September 30th. Hi, this is Ken with Prime Rate Motors, and we are looking to buy your clean-used vehicles, campers, UTVs, and tractors of any age. Are your payments too high? We will also downtrade you out of your current vehicle into a more affordable one. Or if you just need a professional assessed value of your current car, truck, or SUV, we do on-the-spot appraisals. Stop by 2305 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan or call 674-6677 and also see our full inventory at primeratemotors.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. This morning I am joined by the Director of Institutional Communications for the University of Wyoming, Mr. Chad Baldwin. Good morning, Chad. Morning, Floyd. How's the semester going this year? Oh, it's off to a great start. Yeah, wonderful semester underway. Good having the kids back, I imagine. Absolutely, yeah, and it's beautiful down here. The weather's cooperating for homecoming week, so it's great. Oh, that's fantastic. It's homecoming week. It is, yes. Uh, what's going to be the big culmination, the big game? Yeah, I've got the big game Saturday. Yeah, playing New Mexico, our first conference game. But, uh, you know, there's a parade that morning and then just lots of stuff uh, between now and then. Um, uh, something happening pretty much every day and every evening. Uh, you know, how many people end up showing up for homecoming? I imagine it's probably within the thousands, isn't it? I mean, I know I'm asking yeah. an anecdotal question, but... Oh, it's, it's very much in the thousands. Uh, the uh, Alumni Association, you know, kind of coordinates that, and they've had a whole, I mean, like, thousands of, uh, of alumni have signed up and, uh, you know, that we know are coming back because uh, because they've signed up. But there, there's others who just show up, too. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's all, it's a great time to be being at the, at the university is homecoming week. It's great. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, if you've got a chance to get down there for that football game, that is a heck of a game uh, to go down and, and be a part of, the homecoming game. Uh, boy, the energy in the air is just amazing. Uh, that was always some of my uh, favorite times of the year uh, when, I, when I lived in Laramie. It was uh, homecoming week. Uh, it's just got a different, uh, different feel to it, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And it really helps when we have a good football team too, Floyd. And we, we uh, we're three and one, off to a really good start. And, oh, fantastic! And uh, yeah, it's actually in two weeks. We well, then we play Fresno State, which will very likely be the kind of number one versus number two type of thing, and probably on national TV. So uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. Oh, that's great! I'm sure Trevor's pretty excited about that. He's my sports. He's giving me thumbs up right now. He's looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, another thing that actually recently took place down there uh, a, a paper was recently published in the western northern naturalist this paper was titled insects are attracted to white wind turbine bases evidence from turbine mimics chad i was looking this over and i found this really fascinating uh i when i was in biology class we used to take surveys and the one way that you can kind of attract insects in your area is to get a white sheet, put it up in the yard, sit out there at night, and put a light on that sheet, and insects will be attracted to it. This is somewhat the same thing, right? Yeah, absolutely it is. And it's an inter- interesting from the standpoint, I didn't realize, Floyd, that bugs are a, are a problem for the wind industry. Uh, so we all know that there's issues related to birds, uh, you, you know, being killed by wind turbines, and and birds are some birds are coming to eat bugs, and and so uh, if you, if you got more bugs being attracted by the color of the wind turbine, then then uh, you, you know you're going to have birds in there, and that can be a problem. But also, uh, insect debris on turbine blades can reduce the power produced by 50 percent when wind speeds exceed 26 mile an hour, which they do often in Wyoming. So it's, it's like, uh, you know, the, the, the very efficiency of wind turbines is, is harmed by lots of bugs. And, and as our researchers discovered, uh, just as you did with your sheet, uh, uh, you know, this bugs are attracted to white. And so, uh, the, the, the experiment that was done was creating these wind turbine mimics, uh, to test, well, are there some other colors that would attract, you know, fewer bugs that could maybe help resolve this problem? And in fact, that's yes, it would it would help. Uh, and they, you know, there's a whole series of colors that were tested, and um, and so this is some fairly, I think, valuable information for the for the wind industry. And the thing that's really cool about this, Floyd, is that the research was led by uh, uh, somebody who has started here. She's a student from Newcastle. Madison Crawford, who started doing this research when she was an undergraduate, ended up getting her master's degree in here. Now she works for the U.S. Forest Service in Montana. So a Wyoming kid coming here, doing some really interesting work and making a big difference. And that could be, I mean, that really is a big difference. I mean, 50%, that's a staggering amount of power that uh, is is simply vanishing because bugs are attracted to the color of your turbine. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason that they're, they're white. I mean, that we acknowledge it, you know, for visibility and things like that, you know, that uh, there, there are, this, the, you know, there's regulations that cause the, these to be white. 
But uh, you know, they even suggested the researchers, well, what if you just, you could keep the top parts white, but just the bases, have them be a di- different color. Uh, and then that, that would probably have the same positive impact as maybe you don't have to make the whole turbine white, uh, dark, but you could just the lower part of it, you know, the the lower structure. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. So we don't even have to go against any kind of regulation. Maybe, uh, you know, from 25, 30 feet down, we make it a, a different color. Uh, now, were there colors that she tested and, and her and the team found that worked better than others? Yeah. Yeah, they did. I'm going to try to find them here. Okay. So they, they found that insect abundance was lowest, uh, uh, uh when you were using green, orange, yellow, light gray, and dark gray. So though they had all those colors they tried. The, the ones that were, where you had the most bugs were the white, violet, and blue ones. Violet? Wow. So, yeah, we had a whole, uh, you know, kaleidoscope of rainbow of, of uh, wind turbine uh, mimics that <laughs> they tested. So, yeah, there, there's some actual data that um, and they even know what kind of bugs they were. I had to break down and you know, it's uh, what what sorts of insects and all that stuff. So, uh, scientifically valid information and uh, could could benefit uh, this industry in Wyoming. <laughs> and in such a, an amazing, uh, huge way. I mean, fifty percent. Uh, someone should give this girl an award. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's saving a lot of power uh, just by figuring out that hey. Bugs are attracted to your turbine. That's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, well, uh, best of luck to her going forward with this is she may end up uh, helping to change regulations, uh, saving some bugs, and in turn, you know, not just the power. Let's talk about the, the ecological impact of this because she could be saving birds here as well. As you, as you pointed out, a lot of these birds are chasing these bugs, are attracted to these locations because that's where their food is. And they don't understand that this thing is spinning above them uh, could probably kill them. So there's a lot of impacts that this one study could have on such a huge industry going forward. That's amazing. Uh, you bet. Super intelligent girl. Congratulations to her. Uh, this paper is absolutely fascinating. I'm going to put a link to this paper up today uh, and and have people go to it because this is something that a Wyoming student has got figured out and can really, really change the industry and save a lot of money and a lot of power going forward. Speaking of certain things happening down there, a list published by the National Academy of Inventors uh, recently placed UW at 91 in their top 10 one or excuse me top 100 list of US universities granted utility patents in the 2022 year. Chad, how many utility patents has as UW granted uh in that year? So we have 15, Floyd. Uh, uh um and so you know there this is uh, something that maybe people don't know a lot about but the university has, you know, we have researchers here. And they, when they make new discoveries uh, and need them, want to patent them as intellectual property, the university helps to do that. And uh, and you know, and so uh, this is a routine uh, part of of, uh, of our mission. And uh, and it's really cool to see that we're you know we, we rank up there pretty high. I mean, there's a lots you know there's hundreds and hundreds of universities in our country, public and private, 
and uh, and we're 91st. I mean, it's uh, we're we're you know we punch above our weight in a lot of areas here because we're not very big, and we're in a pretty you know uh, low populated area. But it's we we we're up there. I mean, we we're right up there, really close. Oregon State University, for example, had 19 patents. So we're really close behind them. Clemson University, Wake Forest University, both 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 ACC schools. I mean, we're we we're in pretty good company. And you know those those fifteen patents covered some really interesting uh, areas of of research. Do you have a couple of examples of those? Yeah. So uh, um, there's the, some that are kind of biomedical. So there we have researchers here looking at uh, how nervous tissue repairs itself, stem cells, pain therapy. Uh, researchers with patents in those areas. Wow. Uh, of course, we have technology for, re, regarding oil and gas recover and carbon capture. Uh, there's so the patents in that area. Uh, pet methods for dealing with foodborne bacteria. So that's another kind of human safety issue. And then uh, one that's actually led to a, a, a new industry that's in Wyoming, which is they call controlled environment agriculture. It means basically these vertical towers where you grow food indoors. Then we have a company called Plenty that was started by a UW graduate that's uh, now uh, building a, you know, a big uh, business here in Wyoming uh, with this controlled environment agriculture. So that's just a cross-section of the patents that were just you know, approved just last year, just in 2022 by UW researchers. And that's something that I would like listeners to, to really note. This was just, that's one year. Yeah, yep. That's incredible. Um, and, and if you were to, to really look at it, I, I know you probably haven't sat down with all the information, but I mean, is that a round average or, or is that, uh, kind of high for, for what we usually accomplish there? Floyd, I don't have the answer to that, That's but okay. I do know that it's a steady, this is a steady a stream of, you know, it, it's, it's not just. So whether this was a big year or a regular year, I can't tell you. But I do know that there is constant patent production by the university and its researchers. That's incredible. You can head down there. You can research so many different topics. And if you happen to invent something to better everyone's lives, the university is going to help you get a patent and start a business. I I think that's absolutely incredible. Uh, Really changing the economic landscape of our state. Uh, we all know that, uh, you know, with, with mineral production and things like that uh, on the decline for the past couple of years, Wyoming's got to diversify our portfolio. And uh, University of Wyoming and those kids down there doing fantastic works helping us do this. And it's great to hear that it, it covers a very wide range of things. It's not just energy. It's not just carbon capture, although those are amazing and important, but also in the medical fields, in the preventative medicine fields. That's amazing. Uh, great work by the kids going on down there. Uh, now, another thing that's happening down there is the Firearm Research Center. Now, this is something that is fairly new. It's housed at the University of Wyoming College of Law, and it has recently launched a new web page on its website. Chad, this one hits close to home uh, for me. Can you talk a little bit about this? Sure. So, you know, we have this new Firearms Research Center it's actually housed in our College of Law. Uh, George Moxeri, who's one of the country's leading Second Amendment experts, is one on our faculty here. And he and some others have started up this center uh, that's aimed at providing 
factual information about firearms. And, and one of the things they've recognized that's an issue is, and certainly in Wyoming, uh, where the Second Amendment's very important to us, is we'd also have a suicide problem. And so this uh, webpage is focused on suicide prevention. I'd, I'd also note, Floyd, and I didn't send this to you because it just came out today, but this, they're also hosting a mental health uh, conference uh, in November on our campus, the oh, Firearms really? Research Center. So, so uh, you know, they're, they're, they're serious. That we're, we're partnered with the Wyoming Department of Health and the Cheyenne Veterans Health Administration uh, and, and providing resources for suicide awareness and prevention. And uh, uh, so this is part of what the, the Firearms Research Center is, is focusing on. Well, that's actually, that's fantastic work because, uh, you know, when it comes to our veterans, we lose more and more every day uh, to suicide. And uh, no one has the answer uh, on, on how to prevent this from happening. But the, the best thing that we can do is work together and, uh, uh, you know, just put out as many resources as we can to try and get these individuals help that uh, we all need sometimes. So on that, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We'll have more with the University of Wyoming right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Share. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment. Toys for Tots of Sheridan is receiving these funds for a random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. Food lovers, you may have noticed there's some road construction happening out in front of Frackleton's, but don't let that deter you from enjoying culinary perfection because there are six public parking lots within walking distance. Here's just one, courtesy of The Hub. It's just 350 steps from Frackleson's. So just park your car in one of these nearby lots and you're only a short stroll away. Don't let a little road work stop you from savoring the best flavors in town. At Frackleton's, fine food and spirits. Jim Markle Sr. doesn't talk about his time in Vietnam but he's carried it with him ever since. It wasn't until 1980, five years after the end of the Vietnam War, that the condition post-traumatic stress disorder was even identified. One minute we're in combat, next minute we're back home. It was just too much. The Wild Film Festival presents Return, a story that documents a father-son trip to Vietnam to hopefully gain an understanding of events that ultimately shape their relationship. He brought something back from Vietnam. He's carried it with him for 40 plus years now, and I think he's gonna leave it behind. I hope he can. Return, just one of the films at this year's Y.O. Film Festival, September 28th through October 1st. I also like to see what happened to those units who were left behind. We were supposed to pull a lot of people out of Vietnam, and we just left and abandoned them. See the full lineup and get your tickets at yofilmfest.org. The hunt is on at Sportsman's Warehouse. Are you ready? Check your gear and then check this week's Country Bounty for the Sportsman's Warehouse sale flyer. It's got everything you need and probably things you've been wanting that are on sale. Savings on rifles, bows, ammo, camp gear and accessories, clothing, footwear. It's store-wide. The hunt is on at Sportsman's Warehouse. See the flyer this week in the Country Bounty and shop Sportsman's Warehouse on Brundage Lane in Sheridan, where they're always open seven days a week. 
CRA Carroll Realty, Wyoming Corporate Office, and First Federal Bank and Trust ask you to help them fill the bus with food for the food group and the 700 school children assisted with weekend meals. It's as easy as finding the food group bus this Saturday in the Ridley's parking lot from 10 to 2, then donating the food item from the food list found on SheridanMedia.com. Cash donations are always welcome. Come on, Sheridan, help fill the bus for the food group, making a difference one kid at a time. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I'm speaking to the Director of Institutional Communications for the University of Wyoming, Mr. Chad Baldwin. Now, recently, UW's Wyoming's, UW's Wyoming Integrated Test Center featured in WGA Workshop over there in Gillette. Chad, first off, I did have to look up what the Wyoming Integrated Test Center was this is a fascinating area. Uh, tell me why we were featured uh, in this workshop. Sure. So uh, the, the Integrated Test Center actually uh, is created was created up near Gillette at uh, the Basin Electric Power Cooperative Dry Fork Station. It was it opened its doors in 2018, and this was a state effort, you know, to try to uh, encourage development of technologies to capture carbon from uh, a, a coal-fired emissions emissions right and so the state had made this commitment the university actually uh took over responsibility for the integrated test center just in the past year so this came governor gordon uh wanted because our school of energy resources is a, a, a demonstrated it's a national leader in this area wanted the university to take take over and run this so we we, we are now and uh, and this is our school of energy resources and they had a, had this workshop, which called Decarbonizing the West, had federal, state, local, and industry stakeholders from the, around the whole western region that came to talk about various aspects of carbon capture and, and utilization and storage. Uh, and so, you know, the governor was there, uh, uh, various folks from leaders from federal, state, and other agencies came, and just to further demonstration that Wyoming is a national and international leader in this important technology. Uh, and so, uh, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a real priority for the state, and, uh, and we are, uh, you know, really on the cutting edge of this nationally. And I think it's absolutely fascinating. We've got an area here in this state where, uh, now, can students utilize this if they come up with a, a technology like we were talking about in the first part and they need to get this thing tested out? They want to uh, contribute to the carbon capture? Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've had, we've had uh, actually uh, competitions on campus for students to come up with ideas and test them. Um, we actually now have a, a actually, you, can, you come here and get a certificate as part of your uh, studies in, in carbon capture and, and storage. So it's like, yeah, students can come down here and get right in the middle of this. I mean, it's absolutely, it's, it's amazing to think that this technology has gone f so far forward in 10 years. Um, and and we're, we're still only at the beginning of this, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the commercialization part is kind of still, uh, still in its infancy. But, you know, th this is important for our state because we do produce a lot of carbon. Uh, lots of coal, lots of uh, fossil fuels, and uh, um, and you know, regardless of how you feel about that, what that means for climate change and all that stuff, I'll stay away from that. The fact is that uh, um, the, 
you know, reducing uh, the emissions of carbon into the atmosphere is a national priority. And, uh, and our governor is, is, is helped lead, helping lead this effort uh, uh, and others in the state where um, we, we, we want to decarbonize. We want to keep as much of this out of the atmosphere as we can because that's, that's what the markets are demanding. Absolutely. And, and, and the students that head down there with uh, an idea, a theory, go to college, get their degrees while they're doing their research. They've even got they've got a test center where they can go up and, and just try this new piece of tech out. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. Just having an area where we can do this. Um, is that is that a general practice? in other areas to kind of have sections like this or, or was this one of those special situations where the Wyoming government kind of had this and then they finished up what they wanted with it. And like you said, you guys took it over a year ago. Is that a special case? Well, I, I don't think there are a lot of States doing this Floyd. I mean, I can't tell you for sure other, but the, 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 we, we are among a select few universities in the country that are really on the cutting edge of this, and and states too. I mean, it's the university and the state combined, and uh, um, uh, and so I guess my answer to your question is no. This is not very common out there. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating, um, and uh, you know, going forward, really making an, an, another way that we're making a difference down there at the University of Wyoming. Our students are really making a difference down there. And speaking of students, the last thing I want to talk to you about before I let you go, I was, at, uh, I was at a dinner with some individuals. We were sitting around talking about enrollment going on down there. Uh, we usually talk about enrollment, uh, you and I here on the show. This year, UW has seen an increase in transfer and graduate students. Uh, something that uh, I think you and I talked about last year was those transfer students that we were really looking for. But overall enrollment did drop slightly. Uh, Chad, in, in, in the post-COVID era, it is so difficult uh, to try and get a handle on numbers and what's causing what. Are most universities experiencing these types of numbers? Absolutely, Floyd. This is a na- nationwide issue. Uh, as since the since the you know 2018, I believe na- nationally we're right in there with a, you know a, a 10% drop in enrollment uh, of college students everywhere. So we're you know we're right right there kind of in with everybody else as far as average. Now there's some outliers on both so- sides. You know some that are much worse and some that are doing pretty well. Uh, you know the the uh, so you know we're not where we want to be. But the issue is primarily, Floyd, with our non-resident students. So Wyoming students, like, you know, are, are, uh, for example, a 12% increase in in in-state transfers this fall over last fall. That's what's really driven in this, you know, we have have, uh, more transfer students than we did last fall by by a a large margin. Um, But uh, in our new, you know, our freshman class last year, our first-year class, was the second highest number of Wyoming students ever in the university's wow. history. But now we're down, a little, we're down this fall in that area, but the place where, we, where, where we're struggling is with non-residents. And you know, so, like, for example, while the overall enrollment of, of campus is down 1.7%, the number of students from Wyoming is up by 4%. Oh, wow. So that tells you that, uh, that our, you know, as much as anything, that our issue right now is with retention and recruitment of of students from out of state. 
So that's getting, we, we, we always continue to have to make Wyoming students our priority, and we'll continue to do that. But, uh, but we're, you know, we're, we're looking really hard at where, where, you know, are the best places to recruit around the country uh, for students who can flourish here on the high plains of, uh, of Wyoming. You know, one big selling point for the University of Wyoming, uh, you can check just about every list out there on the Internet. Uh, when you're looking for, you know, bang for your buck, uh, Wyoming is at the top of that list uh, all across the board, you know. And, and a lot of the students that come out of there usually come out of there with very little, if, if any, debt, correct? Yeah, you, Boyd, you're doing a good, good job of giving our talking points there, yes. More than half of our students graduate with no debt. That's unheard of across the country. I mean, that, that's, uh, that's an incredible uh, uh, statistic to, to put out there. And, uh, you know, and, and so, um, and yeah, we're, we're, we, you know, in terms of best value, source of rankings, uh, we, we always do very, very well. Uh, Wall Street Journal just was out with, and we rank very highly there. Um, and that is a, uh, an outfit called Niche that ranks us very high. Uh, and actually, we more than hold our own in, in, in all, just about all of college rankings, but especially when you talk about best value, uh, we, we rise to the top. And so there have been discussions revolving around recruitment due to these findings. Uh, one thing that I am very pleased to hear is that we're, we're remaining the focus on our Wyoming students. Uh, something that, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the, the education system here within Wyoming. I've seen a lot of people. I knew a lot of people who did this. They go to a, a two-year college, finish up there, and then transfer over to the university. I've seen that time and time again. It's, it's almost a general practice, or at least it was, uh, you know, 04, 05, around those periods. And I imagine that probably hasn't changed much. No, it's absolutely. I mean, it, we, we, you know, m- many uh, Wyoming Community College students do transfer to UW, and the, we want to maintain that. You know, this we have 858 new transfer students this fall. Uh, and and uh, that's up from 790 last fall. So that's a very significant tri- contributor to our overall enrollment. And the thing that's great, Floyd, is that those transfer students who come here have a very small adjustment to make. They're already proven college students who have shown that they can succeed. And so uh, it's, a, it's, a, a, it's, in many respects, kind of a more seamless transition than it is for kids coming straight out of high school here. Some who do great. But but it's an adjustment. I think we we can look back on our own situations and probably see that where <laughs> uh, high school is not the same as college. <laughs> no, it the, is not. The, and you and you got to kind of raise your game and and uh, the community colleges really help help do that for us. That's exactly uh, uh, why I, I I went that same route. Um, I, I had a major who suggested that route and. Uh, what do you know? He was right. Well, Chad, I want to thank you so much for calling in this morning, my friend. It is always a pleasure. And thank you for keeping us up to date on some of the great things going on down there at our university. All right. Thanks a lot, Floyd. All right. When we return, we're going to speak with Sheridan County Emergency Management Coordinator, Jesse Ludicow. Stay with us. You're going to want to hear this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
Are you tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank and Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer, you're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with RAP Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call RAP Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with Rap Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. It's the final week of Moss Holder's Dining Room Sale. Right now, every piece of dining room furniture is on sale, even special orders. Almost all orders will arrive in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas, so there won't be a better time to upgrade your set before the holidays. Moss Holders carries tons of high-quality, solid wood dining groups, as well as less expensive options for those on a budget. Stop by our 18,000-square-foot showroom and see all that Moss Holders has to offer. Moss Holders Dining Room Sale, going on now. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. The Total Store Remodel is underway at Legacy Diamond and Gems. They are open at a temporary location, 17 East Lauk Street, between P.O. News and the Chocolate Tree. Legacy Diamond and Gems will continue their full-service jewelry and watch repair and personalized custom designs from their two graduate bench jewelers. You can also set up an appointment to view inventory from other departments. Legacy Diamond and Gems will reopen soon. In the meantime, visit online at LegacyDiamondGems.com or stop by 17 East Lauks in Sheridan. Our paint department is stocked up and ready to get you going on your exterior painting projects. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Now's the time, too. We're excited to help you with your exterior painting and staining projects. We have true value in PPG paints and stains, many exciting options and color combinations for your outside project. Come see us. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company and office supply store at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. The National Association of Counties recognizes September as National Preparedness Month. This month offers all of us an opportunity to highlight the role of counties in preparing for and responding to disasters. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by Sheridan County Emergency Management Coordinator, Jesse Ludekaus. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming back, partner. It's been a while since you and I got a chance to sit down. You were, what do you think of the new studio? Yeah, it looks great. A little yeah. busy, but uh, <laughs> a lot of wires going everywhere. But uh, yeah, we're quite pleased with it. It works out really well. Now, can you tell us a little bit about National Preparedness Month and what we're doing here in Sheridan County to recognize that? 
So for National Preparedness Month, uh, the county is working together with this, our state partners and federal partners, and we're putting together some um, some information, and they're trying to really focus on um, the, on seniors this year, is what their their kind of main focus is for this state. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, because of that, you're going to have a meeting down at the hub. Can you tell us a little bit about this meeting and what we're going to cover? Yeah, it's great. So today, actually, at noon, we have uh, a preparedness uh, presentation that I'm going to be giving to seniors or any individuals from the county that would like to come and participate. So the hub does have great food there that anybody can get their lunch there. And we're just going to sit and talk and, and talk about preparedness. The The thing will be kind of focused on specifically seniors, but preparedness in general is the topic yeah and, and anybody can learn from what's going on down there today so if you're looking for something to do you're looking to grab a good lunch head on down to the hub you're going to learn something uh, you're also handing out some sort of emergency preparedness bucket what is in this bucket yeah so the state the wyoming office of homeland security got some grant funds together and because we were focusing on seniors they put together these buckets that they have uh, inside these buckets is some preparedness materials for seniors uh, that we will be handing out. I think we've got almost 100 buckets that oh, we wow. can give away. So uh, today at the meeting, the hub will have a sign-up sheet. Um, you know, we do have a limited number. We're asking for one per family. But uh, inside these buckets, we have a thermal blanket, some water bottle, first aid kit, light sticks, a uh, manual can opener, which is kind of something you just... <laughs> you wouldn't even it's think important, about. But, but absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You need to be able to open... I mean, it's great if you got all these cans, but if you can't open them, it's a problem. <laughs> so um, notebooks, pen and paper, some preparedness information and magnets, playing cards, right? Because if you're really stuck somewhere, you want to be able to keep yourself entertained and not focused on what's going on. I've spent hours in a bunker during drills. Uh, yeah, you want some cards. <laughs> right, yeah. And just uh, some N95 masks and pill containers and then some other things that are given out by the Red Cross, just in informational uh, flyers. And the idea is that there's still room in these buckets so that individuals can add to these buckets as they need for their own personal needs. And that's a great idea, you know, uh, just a bucket, something you can either grab and go or you know where it's at with everything that you need within it. That's our emergency kit. Uh, so if power goes out or anything else like that, we know where to go, one-stop shop, in, in the closet or the pantry or wherever we choose to store it. It's those little things uh, I have found, to th these little tiny things to, okay, get a little prepared at a time, a little more today than we were yesterday. Boy, it pays off dividends in the end, doesn't it? Yeah, having that information set aside, what you need specifically for your family and to develop a plan and just have that material so that you can grab it and either go or you already know that you have stuff within your own stock if you have to shelter in place, for example. And, you know, folks, risk management is all about mitigation. So we want to mitigate any risks. We may never, ever use these buckets. We may never touch them after we get them prepared, but we know they're there. And uh, if anything happens, we can pick them up. Now, Jesse, how else can we make sure that our seniors are a little more prepared for emergency situations, such as like a power outage during a winter storm? Making sure that 
seniors within our community that uh, you identify who they are and check up on them, especially if we have power outages is an important thing to have uh, backup batteries. So uh, a lot of people that are seniors may have health issues that require power. And so just making sure that we're, you know, that you're aware of that and, and have a plan in place in case there's a long-term power outage of, you know, eight hours of, or more, if somebody's dependent on oxygen, um, concentrators and things like that, uh, other medical devices, having plans in place to address those needs if possible. You know, and I was looking through the, the list of objects that are going to be in that, in that bucket, and one of them is a pill container. And I thought, well, pill container? And then it hit me. Well, yeah, if I have heart or blood pressure medication and an emergency hits and I might not be able to get to it for a while, I might want to make sure that I've definitely got that on hand. Uh, little tiny things. Yeah, in these buckets, the, the good thing about them is is you may shelter in place, but you may have to evacuate. And the last thing you want to do is try to get those things together. And so if you have this one bucket you can grab, throw in your car, and go if that's what's required, that makes things a lot better. And so if you have medications that you can keep in those buckets and make sure that they're not too expired or expired, that would be best so that you can just grab those, grab that bucket, throw it in the car, get going. That way you know that you have what you need to survive for the next few days. Uh, we really pushed the two-week ready uh, motto with the idea that if something was to happen, that you are prepared to take care of yourself and your family for at least two weeks. So that's just the way it is here in Wyoming, right? If, if a big thing bad thing happens, um, the federal government may take up to two weeks before we can see them really doing any kind of major assistance here in Wyoming. So we just want to make sure that people are prepared themselves and their neighbors so that we can, as we always have here in Wyoming, take care of one another um, and just have be the best prepared that we can. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of independent individuals within this state. One thing that I will say in my conversations with the hub, speaking with uh, their at-home meal delivery service, a lot of the individuals who work there talk about the seniors within the community who they feel may not have anyone else. Uh, they lived and shared in their whole life, but uh, now due to a health problem or, or some other reason, they choose uh, a bit of isolation. Um, and, and these these deliverers for these meals check in on them and and i think that's one thing that's really important to maintain our independence it requires neighbors it requires going across the street checking on people who we believe may not have anyone else especially our seniors i think that's absolutely critical and i think uh, that's something that we should all probably do just make sure i've got I know the seniors in, in my little neighborhood, and we talk often. Um, oddly enough, when me and my wife had COVID, they're the ones who took care of us. So uh, it goes both ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we kind of pride ourselves on, on being self-reliant here in Wyoming compared to maybe some other places. Um, but you're absolutely right that even 
you know, there may be people that are newer to the community, don't have those ties, or maybe they just don't have family. I Like yourself, I know of people that have grown up here and never had kids and now are elderly um, and don't have anybody in this community or their family has moved away to other states and now they're by themselves. And so knowing who those individuals are and being able to check on them and, and help them when they need help, that's what we're all about here in Wyoming. And, and another thing that I'm glad that you, you brought up, <clears throat> some will require power. Uh, is there a way or, or a system in place that we get power should anything happen on a grand scale like that? Uh, we do have locations that have backup generators just for that purpose. Um, hopefully we don't need them, um, you know, and, and I hope that people are prepared and, and have ways to make sure that if they're dependent on power that they have plans in place in case the power goes out for a long period of time. And those are conversations to make sure that you notify uh the electric company if you are one of those locations that is dependent on power they do try to take that information into consideration when they do planned power outages and stuff um, for example when we've had planned power outages with the electric company if they notice that within that area is uh, maybe a um, long-term care facility then they will try to limit or eliminate as best they can the the duration of that planned power outage so um there is plans in place but i mean last resort would be that we have to get them to a location that maybe does have a backup generator and if if we were to sit here as a just the average individual looking at maybe i just want to be a little more prepared like what we were talking about before a little more prepared today than we were tomorrow what suggestions would you give uh, the average Sheridan resident to have that ready? So uh, we do have a couple of applications that you can get on your phone, which are absolutely uh, great. So there's the Wyoming Ready app, and you can just search that in any of your, your favorite app stores. And in there is a preparedness checklist for all kinds of different weather scenarios or um, any evacuations and stuff like that. So you can go through that checklist, which is absolutely a, a great um, way for us to get that information out is to use that two week ready app and see where you are in preparedness and where your gaps are, or what you need to do to be better prepared. Um, and then I think also another great app to have on your phone would be the 501 mobile app from um, YDOT. And that way, you know what roads are closed and you can report all kinds of great information on there. One of the best um, features that they have on that 511 Ready app is they have you could open that app and you can push a button on there says where am I and it'll sh it'll gr tell you the closest mile marker you are because we know when you're driving on those highways sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere and you're like this thing happened or I'm in a crash I just crashed now I'm somewhere between somewhere I don't know yep. I just know I'm on this highway a lot of open spaces out <laughs> yeah. there where am I and you can literally just open that app push the button it'll show you where the closest mile marker location is that way when you're calling 911 because you were in an accident you can give them better directions because you know where you're at oh that's fantastic that yeah. right there is just something yeah. to make sure that you've got on hand if you're taking a trip yeah, you can report roadkill on there, so you can uh, you can take pictures of maybe some scenery or something like that that um, 
might be information that YDOT might want to know about. Um, damaged roads, for example, or a bridge going out, I something mean, like yeah. that, that maybe they're not aware of. Um, and then I think the uh, even better that most people don't realize is that YDOT does have an authorized travel program. So if they do end up closing a road during the winter time, let's say you live in Buffalo, you're in Sheridan, and and you have to get home because you have to take care of somebody, you can go on to that authorized travel program, try to get in a request to go onto a closed highway. Um, go through that that process and if approved that will give you authorization to travel on a closed highway um, there is a bit of a process to do that but it's better than driving on a closed highway getting pulled over and now receiving a very large fine for doing that and uh, that program is uh, actually extremely useful last year I don't know how many times that road got closed Jesse and I had to do the show from my kitchen right but uh, yeah um, you know if uh, I looked into that because if there was an emergency that we definitely had to report on i wanted to be in the room when it happened so um make sure you jump on there if uh as as jesse said there is an application process you do need authorization for this there can be a bit of a waiting period but uh one thing uh i've only got a a limited number of time with you jesse but real quick Many scammers actually target seniors. This is something that me and the sheriff go over all the time. Me and the undersheriff are constantly talking about this. They bank on their inexperience with technology. Can you tell us a little bit about cybersecurity preparedness? I've only got two minutes. Yeah, uh, cybersecurity is a big push that the federal government, uh, state government, all government agencies are really starting to spend a lot of time and energy on because we know it's it's a problem for everyone personally because they are victims of these scams. But also, I mean, how many times are we hearing about these hackers that are taking over these, these huge systems and shutting us out? Um, you know, last thing we want is a hacker to get into a hospital database and shut down a hospital or, you know, the police department and shut down their operations or 911 center and things like that. So there is some critical infrastructure that needs protecting and better protection. And um, so they're really starting to ramp up their spending um, to address these concerns and needs. It's always going to come down to, um, you know, operator error or uh, choices and decisions that we make to click on things that we shouldn't be clicking on is usually what happens. And they try their best to mitigate that. Um, And but, you know, really, it just comes down to education and making sure that if you're not sure um, if something's legitimate or not, I, I've heard the sheriff on here many times, give give the police department a call and they're happy to help you through that if that's something that's needed, because we'd rather help you before you're a victim than uh, afterwards, if that's possible. Absolutely. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the show this morning, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share. Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Toys for Tots of Sheridan is receiving these funds for a random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. 
First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. Are you ready to turn a page on your career? McDonald's Restaurants in Sheridan have an exciting opportunity. McDonald's is on the lookout for a dynamic full-time shift manager to lead the team, starting at an impressive $21 per hour. This open-to-close position, including weekends, offers stability and opportunities for advancement. This shift manager position has a starting pay of $21 per hour. Visit McHire.com to submit your application online or drop by any McDonald's location in Sheridan to pick up an application. We've all heard that a bird in the hand makes it hard to blow your nose. Well, the same goes for you holding on to that used 4 before side-by-side snow machine or motorcycle. That's right. You need to get that snotty bird out of your hair and out of the backyard, then Handel's Service Center is the answer. Handel's will take your machine on commission or buy it outright. So save yourself the price of yet another tarp again this winter. See Hando Service Center today on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. Buy in or sell and use machines. Hi, this is Elizabeth. And JT with EBA Hearing and Sound. Hearing well is living well, and we're here to help. Not only are we able to provide premier hearing aid technology with Bluetooth and AI, but we can address the environment in which you are hearing. Our sound consultation services tailor solutions to fit your needs. Whether at work, at church, or at home, if you're struggling to hear, we can help. Call EBA Hearing and Sound today, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. Every three hours in the U.S., a person or vehicle is hit by a train. Every three hours. Making the safe choice is always the right choice, especially around railroad tracks and trains. You can stop track tragedies. Recognize the signs. Make safe choices. Share the message. See tracks. Think train. Visit OLI.org to learn more. Sponsored by the Wyoming Association of Broadcasters, Wyoming Operation Lifesaver, and this station. ERA Carroll Realty, Wyoming Corporate Office, and First Federal Bank and Trust ask you to help them fill the bus with food for the food group and the 700 school children assisted with weekend meals. It's as easy as finding the food group bus this Saturday in the Ridley's parking lot from 10 to 2, then donating a food item from the food list found at SheridanMedia.com. Cash donations are also welcome Come on, Sheridan, help fill the bus for the food group, making a difference one kid at a time. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. 